online. <laughs> so, so much has changed in just two weeks for all of us. And those of us that are in Broward County, we've recently been asked to remain in our homes. And so today's message is gonna come to you from our house. And uh, we thought it'd be kind of cool as a family to welcome you and give you a few house announcements before we get started. Yeah, we are starting Zoom groups starting tomorrow. We wanted to have a place where we can come together and see each other's faces, even though we can't meet in person. Um, so we're starting Zoom groups with some of our core team, core team leaders that are gonna be leading that. And that's gonna be almost every night this week. So you can go on our website, you'll see the list of leaders and you can choose which Zoom call to hop on. Absolutely, also on Sunday evenings, we're gonna have our worship leader, Will, lead us in about 30 minutes of worship and uh, then on Wednesdays, I'm gonna walk us through the book of John just so we can stay encouraged in God's word together. And then on Fridays, pastors Martin and Marielli are gonna talk about family and marriage and just how to stay encouraged uh, as we kind of all navigate this together. We do want you to know that you are not alone in this. In no way do you have to go through this alone, that we do love you, we're here for you and we are looking forward to connecting digitally as the weeks go forward. Hey, good morning again, guys. And it's so great to be with you here this morning, just over uh, just a digital platform again. And man, we miss everybody in our church. Um, I really do like love our people. I, I, they say that every pastor thinks they have the best people. And uh, man, I, I do too. I just feel like we've got great people. So I miss you guys. I'm excited to get back together, you know, and if this lasts a, a few more weeks or a little bit longer, you know, we are going to do everything we can to keep giving you guys the word of God, keep you encouraged. And again, you're, you're not alone and, and no way do I want anybody to ever feel like they've got to face something like COVID-19 alone. Um, and, and I know that it is kind of a scary mountain in front of us and some people are worried about losing income or how long it'll take the economy to turn around. And I just want you to know again, you don't, you don't have to face this alone at all. Uh, this morning, I wanted to preach a message from the book of Esther. And I've, I've entitled this message, Where is God in all of this? Where is God in all of this? Um, when uh, we bought a new TV about a year ago, uh, it was a beautiful new flat screen and uh, the biggest TV we'd, we'd ever purchased. And uh, I'm one of those guys, like I, I'm pretty happy in life if I have a nice couch, a nice lazy boy chair and a nice flat screen. I'm, I'm pretty simple. And so I, I got this new TV, nicest TV we'd ever purchased. And, and I've got two little kids, those of you that, that know us and our family. And, uh, and so I'm like, man, guys, don't touch my TV, okay? And so I'm giving this lecture to my little son and my little daughter. And, and I'm like, don't touch daddy's TV, okay? You gotta leave this TV alone. And, um, and so, you know, a couple of weeks went by and sure enough, man, I'm, I'm looking at all these little fingerprints on the bottom of my brand new flat screen TV. And uh, you know, there, there wasn't a signature of any one of my children on the flat screen, but their fingerprints were all over it, right? Like, like when they wanted a new show or they were trying to point something out to each other, sticking their hands on it or trying to swipe the, the, the TV like you would swipe an iPad, right? And, and, uh, and so, so their fingerprints are all over this thing but their signature wasn't on it, but man, I didn't, I didn't have to ask. I knew exactly who did it. And what's interesting about the book of Esther is that there's only two books in the Bible that don't have the name of God in the book. One is the Song of Solomon and the other one is Esther. 
And, and, and ancient scholars actually went back and forth a little bit about the book of Esther, whether or not to include it or not, because God's name wasn't in it. And ultimately, they decided, you know what, we're going to include the book of Esther because even though his name isn't in it, his fingerprints are all over the story of Esther. And so today, again, I want to preach this message. Where is God in all of this? I, I don't see him in front of me right now. I, I don't see his signature on it. And I just want to remind some of us this morning and, and like, yeah, it, it's a challenge and it's a mountain. Man, his fingerprints, they're on your life like never before. The first point I'd like to make this morning is that God positioned Esther through favor. That God positioned Esther through favor and God positions us through favor. Let me read a few verses from the book of Esther in chapter two. And, and uh, well, before I do that, you know, in chapter one, you've got this, the, the setup of the story, right? And, and the king, he's throwing this massive party. Everybody's eating and drinking and they're, they're just like, it's, a, it's like a day long, weeks long party, right? And so one of the nights he's a little, he's a little tipsy and he's like, yo, go call for my, my wife, Queen Vashti, bring her out. And, and you know, basically the text kind of suggests that he's asked her to come out kind of in the nude with only her royal crown on her. And, and she refuses, right? And so she's like, I'm, I'm not coming out. I'm not, I don't want to be put on display. And you know, he goes from being tipsy and happy to being like in an all out rage. He's upset, he's, he's mad that his wife's, you know, didn't listen to him in this moment. And so I guess when you're a king, you're used to getting everything your way. And I would imagine it's much like a, a three-year-old, you know, child that's been told no for the first time. It just, it, this rage of anger. And so he blows up and, and he's like, that's it. You know, we're going we're gonna to cut Vashti out of this thing and uh, I'm going to find somebody else. And, and all of his like scholars and advisors are like, you know, just marry somebody else, you know. And so, so this, this crazy, you know, tumultuous things going on. And, uh, and then so that's the setup of, of chapter one is you got the king. He's looking for basically a new wife because of this scenario. And then in chapter two is, is when we kind of meet our girl, Esther. It's when she's introduced to this whole thing. And, and God sets her up through really three distinct times of favor. And the first would be Esther chapter two, verse seven. I'd like to read it. It just says, Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he'd brought up because she had either father or mother. And this young woman, who's also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai took her as his own daughter when her fa father and her mother died. And, and so the Bible introduces her. her. Her Jewish name is Hadassah. She's known as Esther. The Bible says she's beautiful. And how many of you know, you know you're good looking when the Bible calls you good looking? Like, like come on, like God just called you good looking. Like, you know you've made it now. And so, you know, it says she's beautiful and she's got, you know, a lovely figure. And, and Mordecai's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to take this as a child. I'm going to make her my daughter. And, and so she doesn't have to be a homeless. And so the, the first move of favor she had in her life is she was adopted. And uh, how many of you guys know that we've been adopted as sons and daughters in God through Jesus Christ? Like there's already, there's already favor on your life. You've been adopted. And so here's, here's Mordecai. He's like, I'm adopting Esther so she doesn't have to grow up on the streets of, of Persia, right? And so there's this favor she's adopted. And then the second one is in Esther 2. Eight and nine. This is where we kind of pick up our story from chapter one. So, so they've got everybody looking for women across the the whole like you know kingdom, right? He's trying to find a new wife, and and sure enough, Esther gets gets chosen. And so, 
So she's in this like, it's like a year long beauty treatment, what they're going through. And, uh, and so it's like basically like year one of The Bachelor, right? Like you've got all these ladies competing to, to be with this guy at the end of this whole thing. And so I, I'm, I'm imagining people are gossiping and backbiting and, you know, there's a lot of competition and, and drama. And so, and I'm sure she's going through all of that. But then in Esther 2, 8 and 9, it says that the king's order and edict had been proclaimed. Many young women were brought to the citadel of Susan, put under the care of Haggai. And Esther was also taken to the king's palace and entrusted to this guy who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments, special food, assigned her seven female attendants, or like servants, and selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place of the harem. And so all of a sudden, again, she goes from I've been adopted to I've got special favor amidst all this competition. And, and man, how that plays out for so many of us is, man, you know, you, you've got favor right where God's got you in your line of work, right? Like there's just, there's an immense favor on her life to really set her up. And then if I could go on a little bit more in Esther 2, verse 17, it just says, now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women. She won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So God gives her incredible favor. She becomes queen, right? She's positioned as queen. So again, God's favor will position you in, in life. And you go, yo, Pastor Matt, that sounds great. How in the world does that apply to what I'm going through right now? Well, listen, some of you are doctors out there, right? And you know, you should have never made it through med school. Some of you are nurses, right? And, and you knew the grind it was to get through that and the favor God gave you. And, and here you are, you're working in a hospital right now in conditions, you don't have enough supplies and it's under a lot of stress. I wanna remind you that you were positioned there by God's favor. You know you shouldn't have made it and God brought you there, he positioned you there. Some of you are teachers right now and man, we love you, we are behind you, you definitely don't get paid enough and right now you're trying to do the impossible and, and educate people over a digital platform and minimal resources and no, you know no roadmap of what's going on at all right now. Can I remind you that you've been positioned for that right now to be a teacher, to pour into future generations. God positioned you for that thing. Maybe some of you, you're entrepreneurs or you're running your own business and you're like, man, I don't know what the next three months are gonna hold. I don't know how to get through the next month. You know, I've had to lay people off or you're just under a lot of stress right now. Can I remind you that God is the one that gave you that idea. He's the one that gave you that business. He's, he's the one that set you up. You are favored, you are positioned for what you're going through right now. God has entrusted you and he's placed you there, you know, right now. And so you are positioned for this. That favor was the thing that set you up originally and you know it. And, and here's what I wanna say is, man, this, this thing, COVID-19, this did not take God by surprise. He knew this was coming, right? And, and, and yet he still chose to position you right where you are right now, you know, March, 2020. So, so she's got a position, right? Awesome, right? Now, why isn't our story over in chapter two, right? Like why not happily ever after? Uh, I mean, this could have been like a Disney movie right here and, and man, we're, we're done, it's over. Well, in the next chapter, we introduce this dude named Haman. And man, this guy is prejudiced, this guy is racist, uh, he's full of hate and uh, Mordecai, 
uh, is it offends him because he won't bow down to him, right? And so, man, he's 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 got already this prejudiced kind of attitude. Now he's he, now he's an offended racist, right? So this guy's just the perfect pact of an, of an explosion of hate and anger. And uh, the worst thing is Haman gets promoted, right? He gets promoted. He's got a high position, and there is nothing in life worse than dealing with a hater who's got a lot of influence, right? And that's that's who Haman is right now. He, he's a bad dude, but he's got a lot of a lot of influence right now. And he's just he's just infected with hate. And so he makes up in his mind, he's like, man, I don't want to just attack Mordecai. I want to take out all of Mordecai's people. I want to take out the entire Jewish race that's under the, the kingdom of Persia right now. He's like, I, I want to take them all out. And, and so he's just he's fueled with hate. And, and it goes from just a single isolated person of hate to man, you've got this outbreak of hate now. And he's convinced the king through a series of like half-truths and lies and, and embellishing a little bit. The king is, you know, he doesn't really know what's going on, but Haman's convinced him like, hey, let me take this little people group out here that they're not paying attention to you, whatever. And, and he signs off on it. So now you've got this outbreak of hate and attack against the Jewish people. And uh, man, things are looking bad. You know, the Jewish people, they're, they're crying. A lot of them are in sackcloth. They're praying. Obviously, they're under stress. They're under fear. And, and there's this nasty outbreak of hate. And, and they don't know how they're going to get through this, you know? And, and for us right now, I mean, I think fear is at an all-time high. I don't remember our country being this nervous since like the 2008, you know, crash. I mean, it's just there's a lot of apprehension. There's a lot of fear and worry and anxiety. And, you know, I really believe that when the world is concerned, this is the best time for the church to be courageous. You know, and when the world doesn't know where to go, like, let's just start with Jesus. And we, we may not know the future either, but we do know the man who holds the future. And so let's start with what we do know. Let's start with who we know. And, and so there's this, this full breakout of fear right now. And, and they're afraid for their lives. They're afraid they're going to lose everything. And, and there's a lot of stress going on. And so when Esther finds out about it and Mordecai begins to talk to her, uh, and, and he said, hey, listen, I want, what I want you to do is, man, I want you to go to the king and I want you to plead for all of our lives, right? Like, like you've got this position. And so go, go to the king and, and tell him and, and try to reverse this thing. And, and she says, hey, listen, man, you know the law. And the law at that time was if you went before the king's presence without being called by the king, like your life could be over. And, and so, and, and the king could extend his golden scepter, which meant that he pardoned you, that was okay. But if he didn't, <clears throat> man, your life is over. And so she's, she's now afraid and she's nervous. And she's like, man, you know the law, like I could lose my life. And then he says like this truth bomb to Esther. I, I love this. This is Esther 4, 14. And, and Mordecai tells Esther, he says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews, it's gonna come from another place, but you and your father's family are gonna perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I love that statement. What if you have been placed by God's favor for such a time as this? You probably didn't think about it like that way before. But what if you as a believer, God put you in your position, your circle of influence right now because he knew COVID-19 was coming and he needed you in this place to bring people and lead people to Jesus and hope and peace and, and wholeness and healing. What if you've been placed right where you're at for such a time as this? Here, here's what I know, that positions, they're not for the sake of just to have a position. 
Positions are for people. And when God put Esther in a position, he was thinking about the people that she would save. What, what if God wasn't thinking about the position that you're in right now? What if he's thinking about the people that you need to reach right now? And so we've all got a circle of influence, you know? And, and some people are gonna listen to a pastor and others, they don't, they don't wanna hear anything from a pastor. But man, maybe they'll listen to you. Those of you that are teachers, man, you, you've got a whole you know, new generation that you can pour into. And, and if you're a doctor or a nurse right now, man, you got people that are, that are nervous and scared. And what an opportunity to begin to pour hope and healing into them right now. So wherever you find yourself, you've got a platform, you've got a position, and, and that's, that's for people right now. You know, I wanna kinda hang on this for a second. Don't think right now, man, the world is a mess. I hope my local church is doing something. No, no, man, that's not how this works right now. Listen, the world is a mess. What can you do right now? Who are the people you know that need prayer, that need friendship? You know, who, who are the people that you know that have lost some income and, and maybe maybe you've got plenty of income right now? Man, give them a gift card to Publix or something or, or, or do something to help them out. And, and, and this is definitely not the time to just say, hey, I, I hope my local church is, is doing something. Man, no, no, the, the burden is too great right now. I, I mean, there's just way too many reps right now. And nobody can carry the weight of what's happening. No, no local church can carry the weight of what's happening. God right now needs every believer active and, and doing something right now. And again, what a great reminder. The local church, is ne it's never been about a building, right? I mean, the, the early Christians, man, they didn't have a building. They didn't rent a high school. They, they, were, they were meeting people in the marketplace. They were meeting people in the wells. They were meeting people, you know, in the, in the backyard. I mean, they had a house church. They were just doing whatever. They were just gossiping about Jesus constantly. And, and, and I just think for us, what a great reminder and a return to, hey, you know, church isn't a building I go to. You know, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in me. And, and as I go, church is going. I mean, everywhere you go, you're bringing God with you and you're bringing that hope and healing. And so, man, let's go. Let's meet needs as we see them. Let's pray for people as we as we meet them. Let, let's, let's sow encouragement as we see discouragement. Let's sow peace where we see fear. We can do this, but right now God needs all of us. I mean, the weight is way too great. And for so long, I feel like the weight of ministry has been on too few. What a wake up for us as a church. I, I'm not gonna wait around anymore. Listen, you don't have to ask my permission to do ministry, right? I mean, every believer right now listening to this, you are free to minister and give people Jesus and hope right now. You, you've been anointed, you've been empowered. Let's go, let's go do this thing. So positions, man, they're for people, let's, let's go. Uh, a few more final thoughts on Esther. Um, you know, she was afraid, yes, she was afraid, but she didn't let her fear keep her from moving forward. And what a good word for all of us right now. She didn't let her fear keep her from moving forward. Don't let your fear right now keep you from moving forward. I wanna remind all of us, this is going to end, right? The economy is going to get better. Jobs will begin to pick up again. You know, COVID-19 is going to come to an end. It's going to get better, but don't let your mind run away with fear right now. Don't, don't let your, your soul be overcome with worry right now. And, and we might feel those feelings. We're gonna have those emotions as we go through this, 
Don't let your fear keep you from moving forward. Let's keep going forward as a church. Keep sharing Jesus. Keep praying for people. Keep sharing hope. Keep praying that, that we get an, you know, a vaccine soon. Uh, let's keep being generous right now. You know, and if you're a part of our church, and I want to remind you guys, we've got three missionaries we're supporting full-time right now. And we've got our missionary in India. I was just talking to him this week. And, uh, you know, you, you, some of you know his story that he launched a church, came under opposition, had to relocate, launched again, already got over 50 people. And, you know, and then COVID-19 breaks out. And I said, man, listen, you keep going. You reach out to your people however you can. Right now, the entire country of India is under like, you know, they have to stay at home. They got to remain at home. And so I said, dude, do whatever you can. We're going to keep supporting you. And so, man, I just want to encourage us. Let's keep being generous. God's mission still needs to be pushed forward. And even though we're not meeting doesn't mean we're not, you know, pushing this thing forward. And so let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. Um, and, and I just, I want to remind us, like, as we step forward, God is going to continue to sustain us and back us with favor. In fact, the same favor that got you there is the same favor that will sustain you there. And that's a powerful thought because I think what happens is we get into our position, we get into our calling, and then we're like, man, where's God? I, I don't see God in front of me anymore. Listen, can I remind us this morning, when God's not in front of us, it's because he's behind us holding us up. He's lifting us up on his shoulders. And, and yeah, sometimes I, I don't see God's signature. I, I don't see him in front of me, but his fingerprints are all over our lives. And some of you need to be reminded right now, man, what God got you into, God will sustain you through. And, and, and I know it's hard. I know it's challenging, but he's gonna get you through this. And my mom always told me, she said, Matt, she said, God never invited Peter out on the water just to watch him drown. Wow. What a thought. He invited him out on his words. He sustained him when he stepped out. And even though he got a little afraid, Jesus still went down and pick, picked him up and, and got him out of there. Can I remind you this morning, God did not call you out into your calling, right? Uh, to watch you drown. He's going to sustain you. The same favor that got you into it is the same favor that's going to sustain you through it. You, you hang in there. You, you hold on. So whether you're teaching, leading that business, maybe you're like me and you're another pastor checking us out and you're leading the church and you're like, how the heck do we do this? How are we going to get through this? You know, we've never done anything like this before as a church. Listen, we're going to get through it because our calling is going to sustain us. You know, crisis doesn't move our calling. Crisis doesn't move our calling. God knew this crisis was coming, yet he still chose to position us where we're at with favor, and he's gonna sustain us as we go through this thing. Let's not let this crisis move us from our calling. God is in control. He saw this thing coming, and he's going to see us through. Hey, listen, as I wind down today and close a few things, if you don't know Jesus as, as your savior, as your friend, Man, you, you can, you can know God. And the Bible says that if we're willing to confess our sins, and, and first of all, we're all a sinner. Nobody's trying to put you down this morning. We have all made mistakes. We've all messed things up. We've all done something selfish. And simply what, what we're talking about is simply coming to God and saying, God, I know I've messed up and I know I can't do this thing on my own. I need you to forgive me. And so it says if we'll confess that we have sinned, that we're sinners, 
and we receive Jesus into our hearts. We're asking Jesus to come into our heart to forgive us of our sin and to wash us clean of our sin and to be our savior that God would do that. And so I just wanna lead some of us in a simple prayer this morning. It's just simply this, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. God, be my father and free me and wash me in your amazing name, amen. And it's as simple as that. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe it's been a while and you're coming back to God, I want you to jump online. You can fill out some information under the New Believer tab and we've got some resources for you. Also, if you're checking us out online here, I'd love for you to go to our website. It's coming up right now on the bottom and uh, just fill out a new here card. You can connect to us right there online uh, or DM us here through Instagram, whatever it is. We just want everyone to stay connected and, and feel like they're not going through this thing alone, okay? So hey, also before I close again, just want to remind us of a few things. Um, you can also give online right there on the website. And again, check out our Zoom groups coming up this week. And again, Sunday night, we're worshiping with Will, which is tonight. And then Wednesday, I'll be back up with a Bible study. And then Fridays, Martin and Mary are gonna rock a little family time. That'll be really fun and encouraging. So got a lot going on for you this week. Let's stay connected. Uh, you know, our last three months, they were our best three months. So I was really proud of us as a church. We're really going somewhere. And I don't know how long this is gonna last, but let's stay connected digitally. And when we get back, man, let's just keep Keep it rolling. God's really doing something special this year with us. And so let's hang through this storm. We're going to make it. We love you. If you need anything at all, reach out to us. We are totally here for you, okay? All right, have the best day ever. We love you. Thank you.